0: You are listening to the Content Academy podcast, where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Yes, hello, and you're very welcome to the Content Academy podcast. I'm Phil McGrath, and of course, I am joined by the enigmatic Paul Caffrey. Paul, how are you? I'm very, very good, man. How are you? Yeah, can't complain, can't complain. The nights are getting longer. It's still bright outside this evening as we were recording, and uh, it's all good in the hood. More interesting than that, I, I believe you were the king of a castle
1: at the weekend. If uh, your social media updates are to
0: go by, <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I had a great weekend in Waterford Castle, and certainly for anyone who is in that neck of the woods, it certainly check it out. And you've got to get a ferry across the river. It's on an island. You've got to get a ferry across. And we had a lodge there for the weekend, and it was uh, it was fantastic just to kind of get away and take stock. And I did a little bit of work, as you can see by the social media updates, but uh, not too much. I still enjoyed myself. Yeah, look, that's the main thing. Anyway, good to go to take those breaks and you get the opportunity to do it. You know, oh damn straight. Um, so today on the show we have Becky Kane from todoist.com dot uh, com. Todoist is a uh to do list application. I suppose is the best way of putting it and helping you stay on top of all of those tasks that I uh, just have to get done and keeping check of everything and making sure you're right on track to where you want to be. But uh, more than just the to-do list aspect, Paul Becky, of course, uh, looks after the blog over at To So certainly, when it comes to creating content and blogging and and really getting eyes on the blog and hopefully pushing them towards the uh, the product, um, she really knows her stuff.
1: Yeah, she certainly does. And like, it's
0: interesting because a lot of people think blogging has to be something they do on their
1: own, you know, um, and just create something. Whereas you know, here's here's a girl who graduated from college and actually decided, you know, she got the opportunity to work. Uh, with a team of guys and a product that you know she very much believes in, and now her, you know, she's now a professional blogger who, um, obviously, being been paid for the privilege. So a different route you could think about going down, rather than if you wanted to maybe start and create something yourself. Um, but again, you would have to be kind of enterprising, entrepreneurial, actually, go and find those opportunities, which is where I suppose where networking is is so important. But if we get down to the crux of this episode, getting stuff done is effectively what it was all about being more productive um and i think there's a lot of pearls of wisdom to say the least which can be taken away from this show today
0: yes yeah, certainly um check out the show notes for some of the quotes from becky and uh, certainly some of the tips that she's given us today in terms of getting more done and researching content and finding influencers and uh, pulling the trigger on blog posts, you know, not being afraid to kind of go, you know what, yeah, it could be a little bit better, but uh, it's time to hit publish and lots more in between. But I suppose, Paul, let's just kick it on over to the interview with Becky Kane. Yes, yeah, so as I said, we have Becky Kane on the line from Todoist. Becky, how are you?
2: I'm great
0: how are you yeah can't complain great to have you on the call thanks very much for agreeing to come on to the show Um loads we're gonna get through today in particular obviously around the topic of uh, your to-do list and getting more done So productivity most certainly at the forefront of this one today
2: yeah looking forward to it I'm really glad to join you
0: I suppose just really for our audience who may not be too familiar with with um to do list, you might just give them a bit of background I suppose on you and what you do there and, and also on the the tool itself
2: Yeah, so Todoist is a to-do list and task management app for individuals and for teams. Um, It's very simple design. Uh, It's really focused on getting people um, to add their tasks as quickly as possible um, and be able to really prioritize, uh, organize, and focus their their work and their lives. So people use it uh, in work, um, people use it uh, for their personal lives, um, people use it on their teams so you can share tasks and collaborate. Um, and the focus is really on just clean, uh, beautiful design and the uh, the features that really help you prioritize and make sure that you're working on um, on the things that are having the biggest impact on your work.
0: Sounds good. I, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I haven't used it. Um, I have used Wonderlist before, all right, for uh, some uh to do to do list creations, but I <laughs> haven't used Todoist. And I suppose just interestingly, uh, what about yourself? Where did you start off? How did you end up to come working there?
2: Yeah, so um, I uh, graduated from college uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, I did an internship at a marketing agency, um, and I was using Todoist at the time, uh, loved the product, and uh, kind of through that experience, developed an interest in uh, how digital marketing can really be used to um, to create relationships with customers, you know, it really made me realize that marketing, you know, it's not a, a dirty word. It's it's not my <laughs> educational background at all. I'm actually uh, I was a political science major, um, and so yeah, just really opened my eyes to see, you know, this is uh, really a, a powerful tool to uh, to create communities uh, with people and and to create relationships. Um, And so, yeah, when when I was done with that internship, I reached out to Todoist, um, and I I knew that they had um, started a a productivity blog um, a couple of years before, and, you know, I really saw a lot of potential for growth there, and I really believed in the product, and so that's how I um, started out with Todoist, and now I run the blog. which is uh focused uh, partly on you know to doist news to doist tips and tricks, um, you know how to get the most out of your uh, the out of the product itself um, but then we also have a very large component that doesn't have anything to do directly um, with the product, which uh, is all about you know how you can uh, how you can do more and and stress less really um, is is the core of thread through all of the content. And so, you know how to help people um, deal with the with the feeling of overwhelm that so many people feel in their work, and um, you know how can they uh, what kinds of tactics and strategies they can use to really focus in on, on what they want to accomplish, and then break that down and and uh, into the daily things that uh, are going to push your your product, your project, your work forward excellent
1: I really like the sounds of that, actually. there's a there's a whole lot going on there and i'm sure um you know like me phil you're coming up with a, a lot of different questions and uh, i have a
0: ton already in the I, opening couple of minutes
1: i do is, i do use uh wonderlist um a mm-hmm. lot and that's um the downshot i suppose the bad point of that is i end up with these incredibly long lists and nothing really prioritized unless it has a little star next to it and then all of a sudden i've got 20 little stars <laughs> task. and um, i suppose the overwhelm probably starts kicking in as the priorities aren't quite there but rather i suppose we'll probably get into that naturally but um running the blog tell me a bit more about that how how's how do you find that
2: uh running it well uh it was definitely uh yeah before I didn't have it, any experience in it, so it was definitely a uh very steep learning curve um but I really found that i I love uh finding those topics that people are really interested in in reading um because they have They've identified some problem in their workflow. Um, you know, they're, they're experiencing some product problem in productivity. And I really like, uh, creating that content that, uh, is really focused on those problems. Um, and so kind of getting into, uh, users' minds, you know, uh, with a lot of market research and kind of figuring out, you know, what is it that they're struggling with? Um, and then creating really in depth quality content, uh, that, uh you know hopefully addresses those um those things that they're looking to improve in their own lives.
1: Excellent. And with that, is it a case that you kind of aim to push out is it a post a week or or is it whenever you've you've got the content written? Because I've had a look at a couple of them and, and they are very detailed pieces. So it's not just a case of th- you know three to five hundred words. It is a a proper blog post really.
2: Yeah, um so our, our ideal cadence would be uh two posts a week. Um but Also, you know, quality is number one priority for us. And so, you know, if for whatever reason uh, we get behind on on the content calendar and things just aren't coming together with a post um, and, you know, it's the the day to publish, uh, you know, if it's not there, if the quality isn't there, uh, you know, we're not, we're not going to publish it. We're going to push it off to the next week, um, and give it the time that it needs because, you know, our blog is really, uh, how people perceive us. It's our brand. Um, it, you know, and we care about our posts, uh, just as much as our product. Um, because really, you know, the, the team, uh, we're about helping people, um, yeah, helping people become more productive. And, you know, we're obviously doing that with our product. Um, but the, the blog is, is just as much an, a piece of that as well. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, obviously it, w- it would be ideal if we could always stick to a content calendar, but, uh, you know, things, yeah, things look, happen. Yeah,
1: absolutely. There are challenges that you're always going to face. Now, I mean, look, the quality of posts that you're producing putting out two of them a week most weeks is, is still is, is excellent really um i mean how do you is it a case then you just kind of come up with your own ideas or, or how how does that that process work is it just inspiration or do you plan topics out in advance to try touch on different areas of of the of the product or service that you're you're um i suppose ultimately in a relevant way promoting
2: Yeah. So, um, right now our, uh, topics, we want to get, um, the, the personal productivity, that's kind of what the blog started off with. Um, and those are topics that obviously our users are very interested in, but, um, Todoist, we've found actually that people really like using it with their teams. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a simple project management tool. You know, there's not a lot of, uh, distracting bells and whistles on it. It's really easy to get your team set up on it really quickly, and so um, we're, you know that's something that uh, we're really growing with the product. And so you know our content grows to reflect that. So we're doing a lot of posts that are aimed towards managers, helping them uh, you know yeah. take on the the challenges that they. Uh, face in, you know, um, managing their teams and keeping everyone coordinated and keeping their team productive. Um, and it actually touches on a lot of the same themes and, uh, kind of psychology that are in the, the personal productivity posts. And so that's really interesting to see, um, how the, the manager piece, um, plays, plays in there. And so, yeah, we're, we're kind of splitting our, our content into those two. Um, and then as far as inspiration, um, I use Buzzsumo a lot, Uh, you know, just looking into keywords, uh, productivity or collaboration or things like that. Um, Our team is really obviously into all of these topics and so they're always sharing articles on different things. And so um, that helps a lot to get the team uh, kind of involved in creating or coming up with ideas uh, as well. Uh, And so, you know, inspiration will come from there. Um, And then the goal is always to, you know, take it a step further. So figuring out what's out there on the topic um, and, you know, how are we going to create something that's actually going to provide value beyond, you know, what's already out there on the Internet because there is so much out there about uh, productivity already
0: yeah i mean there's plenty uh becky and i you you kind of pipped me to the question i was going to ask because i was about to ask what that process looks like so you've kind of given me that already um so i really like that i mean you, you're you obviously very much aware of what's going on around you in terms of competition and also what what other people are speaking about in terms of productivity and uh, and on and such topics so i mean if i move it on just a little bit from there um you've got all your ideas you've mentioned your editorial calendar which i'm a big fan of i love the old editorial calendar and making sure we try and stick to it as pos as much as possible but I-, I just wanted to highlight something for our listeners i mean a lot of people get kind of downtrodden when they kind of don't stick to the editorial calendar or feel they've missed the deadline in terms of publishing their publishing day comes and goes and it's not ready and i just wanted to highlight with them the fact that you know You guys are no small operation, and yet you still miss deadlines. You still have to push things back to make sure that it's just right before it goes out. And I really like the fact that you guys do it as well. So just in terms of our own listeners, to not get too downtrodden by it, it happens to the best of us. You are going to miss deadlines, but it's all about making sure the content is good and ready to go out um, and not just pushing it out there because your calendar says, oh, I have to publish today.
2: Absolutely. Um, I think the the flip side of that and uh, the thing that I struggle with uh, most, I think, uh, in the past couple of years that I've been with Todoist has been, uh, you know, making sure that uh, you're not spending too much time because, uh, you know, the focus on quality, it's it's so important. Um, but also, you know, it's every blog has their, uh, their posts that perform incredibly well and they're posts that may be a little bit underwhelming Hmm. Um, and you can't really tell in advance you know always you can't control that
0: no you don't know Um, until you publish
2: right exactly and so um yeah that's definitely something that i've learned that you know i i trust my instincts when i see a post and i know you know this is um this isn't ready to publish you know it's pretty obvious but Hmm. also taking a step back um and and balancing that with you know, it might not be perfect or there might be this area that we didn't cover in it, um, but, you know, this is a really solid post. Um, you know, it, it's logically structured. Um, you know, it really guides the reader through, uh, you know, what the problem is, you know, what uh, they're going to get out of reading the post. Um, you know, if the, all of those things are, are checked, you know, if it's backed up by, by good research if all those yeah. things are checked, um, you know, then, uh, then you should publish and feel confident about it and, and not get down also if it doesn't perform as well as, as you would have hoped, because, mm. um, you know, it's, it's also, um, it, it's in some ways, uh, a game of numbers and there's a lot of things that you can do to, uh, you know, help a post succeed in terms of, um, promotion and, and, uh, and whatnot, but, you know, you, you just have to publish at some point and uh, accept that uh, you know you'll have to yeah. turn around and get to the next post.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's that's time. that's kind of it. I mean it, realizing that yes, do you know what, I could spend another two or three hours polishing this and maybe doing a little bit more here or there, but sometimes you have to recognize that you know it's just time to pull the trigger and, and get it out there. And certainly learn if you get the feedback that comes from that. You know you can learn from that and put it into your next post or your next article that goes out or any of the comments or bits that you feel you may have left out they can go into a follow-up series you know it doesn't all have to go into the one article so don't be afraid to just publish it and get it out there and and see what the reaction is to it because if you spend four or five hours another four or five hours on that and it goes out and i don't want to say it bombs but it doesn't do as well as you expect well then your four or five hours weren't very well spent when it probably would have had the same reaction minus those hours so it's just about getting it out there and publishing if that makes sense Paul, well, you're laughing because okay. I, I think, I, you, I think I you know am, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, you no, know, because I know exactly what you mean. And sometimes you're
1: saying a couple of hours. Look, it can be a couple of days or a couple of weeks, depending on what you're doing. You know, and you just stretch it and
0: stretch it out. Um, you know, can I, I can, just go back to something Becky said? Sorry, Paul, to cut across yeah, you. On, yeah. Meggy, you were talking about the the kind of the checklist that you had for your your articles there in terms of the structure and how it was laid out and the journey the 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 reader would go on. Would you mind kinda outlining that a little bit maybe for our audience in terms of what you like to do with your articles for the structure?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um so obviously, you know, it starts out with uh an introduction and um, you know, really trying to empathize with the reader, you know, what what kind of person is going to be clicking on a title, um, like this, you know, what kind of problems are they struggling with, um, and trying to get in their shoes and writing an introduction that really highlights, you know, what, uh, what those issues are, um, in a very genuine way. Um, I think, uh, there are just so many ways that you can do an introduction and, uh, you know, we don't have kind of a, a formula for that, but just making sure that you're, uh, you 're really addressing that that issue right off the bat, and then right afterwards you know making uh, i guess presenting what the rest of the post is going to be about in terms of solving that problem um, and so that 's for the introduction um, and then making sure that the reader is never lost uh, anywhere throughout the post. I think with these very long in depth posts it's really easy uh as a writer to uh, be making connections in your own mind and you think that they're completely clear, uh, but uh, you know, you haven't made that clear to your reader in your writing. And so always yeah. um making sure that all of those connections between the different topics, subtopics in your posts are really well signposts and really, you know, you're drawing those connections explicitly and you're not relying on these logical leaps uh, for your reader to take. Um, because, you know, people uh People are short on time, and there's so much else to read. And you know, if they're feeling lost in a post, like how does this relate back to what it started out with? Um, you know, they're they're just going to click off to something else. Um, so that's something definitely uh, I always look for when I'm editing posts. Um, and uh, then making sure, obviously, that uh, you're giving people a reason to listen to you. You know, like what uh, what gives your posts. Authority, you know, is it a personal experience that you've had um, with this particular topic? Is it uh, research? Um, is it you know drawing on uh, a lot of experiences of of experts? You know, that's something that we do a lot because there's a lot of people out there sharing how they work, and so um, you know, having a really rich um, post that draws on all of those kinds of resources, I think it really says, oh, you know this post is legitimate you know they know what they're talking about um and uh and so i always look for that um you know not not asking the reader to assume that uh you know oh we know what we're talking about you know just yeah
0: and i mean that's a big problem as well i mean that we've, we've spoke to a lot of guests about that because um people are authorities within their given niches and the topics that they speak about they often assume that the, their audience understand the basics of the topic when sometimes that's just not the case. And what, what happens is we draw conclusions based on our knowledge that we assume the audience are going to be able to draw the same conclusion from it. And because they don't have our knowledge, they just can't make that leap. So I like the fact that you can recognize that. And again, another great tip for our audience and um, people listening in is to make sure that you connect all the dots clearly for people. Sometimes you really do need to take out a big piece of paper and a crayon and draw the picture that simply so that people can Really understand what's going on within your blog post to make sure they, they get all the points that you're trying to get them to.
1: Yeah, and I think Absolutely. I think even one thing to to add to that is you've probably got a little bit of that college mentality, and I can see it certainly in the writing. And it's something I've noticed myself as well. Having is that um, in college you got beaten up every time you made a statement and you developed it. You had to have some sort of you know source to that or a reference, and you put that in. Uh, and obviously, I, I see that you've pulled together some great stats in a lot of your articles and you're not afraid to actually give that link to where you got that stuff from. So if people want to see, oh, actually it does make sense. It's from this credible source. Okay, I'll continue reading. Whereas I see a lot of bloggers, they kind of, they don't put that link there because they don't want somebody to leave their content, but ultimately it's kind of reinforcing you. So I would always say to people that if you are putting stats in there, You know, do link to the source because it adds to your credibility as as that authority figure. And too many people don't do it. And I can see a number of your articles here have a good few links. So um, that's something I really, really like.
2: Absolutely, linking back to original studies and um, linking back to original blog posts from you know other people. That you've grabbed quotes from, um, you know, that's awesome. That's a an opportunity to create, you know, a, a relationship with with that other person. You know, to say, hey, like this was this was awesome, and I included it in this post because it made me, you know, think about this topic in a different way. Uh, so yeah, I definitely I see external links as being opportunities um, and really showing that. Uh, we've, we've done our research and it's an opportunity to um, yeah to build relationships with other people, other bloggers, influencers. Yeah.
0: So I suppose, Becky, I mean, realistically, the, the whole point of having the blog there for, for you guys is obviously to get eyeballs onto the blog and then across to the product. That's the the, the stream, as it were. Um, and how important has the blog been to uh, getting that kind of traction in the market?
2: yeah so um it's very difficult to measure roi infamously difficult uh of of content um and it's definitely um you know it's not our our top refer um it's uh it's significant um but i would say uh even more than that um a lot of people will comment on blog posts and say, oh, you know, I've been using Todoist for, for you know, a, a little bit and I, you know, I stopped using it for whatever reason and then I came across this blog post and, you know, you guys really know what you're talking about and it inspired me to to go back to it. Um, you know, there are a lot of comments like that. And so I think, um, you know, even beyond that, that direct route, which is obviously a really big one and trying to get it out to new audiences, um, you know, on through social media sharing or, or SEO or that kind of thing. Um, I think something that, uh, that we've noticed is that, uh, you're really communicating your, uh, your brand, your why, um, you know, something that uh on the marketing team we uh refer back to a lot is Simon Sinek's uh start with why, which yeah. is you know, start with your your big overarching, yeah you know, uh, value um that you're working towards. You know, for us that's helping people do more and stress less, you know, and, and not get overwhelmed and be able to take on um uh you know their their big projects and goals and feel confident about them. And so uh, our content really, uh, you know, even for people who, you know, maybe they've already heard about Todoist, um, maybe they've already downloaded uh, the the free version of the app, um, but uh, you know, they come across a a blog article and that really communicates, you know, our values to them and and really creates um, much more of a, a connection between our users um, and and our brand and and ultimately our product, and so I also think um yeah i I mentioned uh before in our correspondence you know we're uh we're not just creating new uh customers, but we're also you know trying to uh create you know successful uh customers successful people you know who are really um using the product to its full advantage and uh and doing their work in the most you know effective efficient productive way possible Um, yeah i mean that's
0: that's what you want you you want those testimonials coming back saying i've been using the product it's fantastic i've been able to go from not to 60 in no time and you know it's really worked out wonderfully for me
2: yeah yeah definitely and um Yeah, just, you know, I think it's a tricky thing, like you mentioned before, with to-do lists Um, in particular, you know, people start on them and they're kind of like gym memberships where you're really excited. (laughs) You know, you downloaded it on January 1st. uh, You're really great about it for about a week. And then, you know, things start piling up and you start, you know, you don't know how to manage it. Um, And so, yeah, uh, you know, having the the product posts and the user stories—that's great. But also having posts that you know inspire people to to give it another shot and really hmm. see the potential in using a to-do list to to prioritize their work and get through it. Um, yeah, that's definitely uh, a role that our productivity content plays.
1: That's—I mean, look, there's. That's, I really like that as well. Um, I suppose with that, you know, what would three tips would you have for people to to be more productive? Is there anything that you've you've kind of learned in your experience with Todoist that you can share with uh, people? I mean, most of our listeners would have deadlines and will be working on something.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think, you know, whenever you're uh, taking on a big project, um, you know, it, it kind of feels overwhelming, um. And uh, what it comes down to, you know, it's what you do on a day-to-day basis. And our uh, founder, Amir, um, he's always so great when people are having a discussion on which direction to go. And he's always really great about hopping in and saying, you know, what's going to have the biggest impact? And so taking that to a a personal level, uh, you know, every day, just deciding, you know, what's your one thing that's the most important thing that you have to accomplish today? Um, You know, a lot of people call it eating your frog. if you uh eat a, a frog first thing in the morning like it's the worst thing you'll do the entire day uh and so yeah what's that one tough task maybe it's making you feel really uncomfortable it's been hanging around your to-do list forever um and that's the one that you should start out with um and so you know don't focus on anything else don't open your email uh you know just focus on that one task um when, when you get started for the day and you know if that ends up being the only thing that you accomplish well, it was the, the most important task. Um, and I think if you do that kind of on a, on a daily basis, you're going to see yourself making progress towards your goals and you're not going to get caught up in you know, this email chain and that yeah. you know, social media post and, and whatnot.
0: <laughs> I'm actually laughing at the, the eat the frog analogy because uh, I have told my daughter something similar but i didn't tell her to eat a frog and it's about about doing her homework and she kind of comes home with homework and i always say to her which is your least favorite subject and she might say okay with maths okay well, do the maths first once you get that out of the way the rest of your homework is simple because you've got the worst task done and dusted but uh, i might come back to her now and tell her she's start eating frogs in the morning we'll see how that works
2: (laughs) i'm sure she'll love it
0: (laughs) so i mean that's one of them obviously is to uh tackle the day in order of priority in terms of what is what your biggest task is that you really want to achieve for that day so what other um tips would you have then for our listeners in terms of getting more out of their their 24 hours
2: uh yeah so i would say um one of the things that i struggle with and uh and this is tied in but uh multitasking you know this myth that you uh that you can do all of these yeah. things at once. Uh, but really, uh, you know, science shows that you're just uh, switching between tasks very quickly and that they're, you know, you're losing time in between those switching. Um, and so yeah. uh, any any way that you can prevent yourself from... Uh, from switching to, to different apps, um, from having distractions, so um, there are just a ton of apps uh, available out there that will, um, you know, shut down your Facebook feed, um, or you know, they won't let you, uh, you know, access a, a certain list of uh, sites that you find distracting. Um, yeah, I would definitely uh, recommend those. Um, you know, just whatever you can do to focus on a single task at a time. Hmm. Um, another really popular uh, productivity method is the Pomodoro technique, where you only work in 25 minute chunks. And, you know, it seems really short, um, but. I like the sound uh, science- of
0: this. I haven't heard of it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So you should definitely check it out. Um, so you. Uh, you decide what you're going to work on for the next 25 minutes. You know, it's just one thing. Um, you you know, There are a ton of apps out there that you can use, but you can also just use a pen and paper. And you write down, uh, you know, your one task, and uh, you say Pomodoro One, um, which is, you know, it's uh, a timer. You set your timer at 25 minutes. Um, and then uh, you just work on that one thing. And then after five minutes uh, or 25 minutes, you take a five minute break. Um, And science has shown that taking those breaks uh, is really uh, makes you more productive in the long run, which is really uh, counterintuitive because I think people, you know, they think they get to work and they have to be heads down the whole time. Um, But taking that break really lets you, uh, gives your mind a break. And if you have gotten distracted in that 25 minutes, it gives you kind of a jolt that's like, oh, you know, I was supposed to be working on this task that I wrote down and I got distracted by X, Y, Z. And so it kind of gives you a, a chance to refocus um, on on the task at hand. Um, and then if you're following the method strictly, um, you do that for, uh, for four hours or two hours at a time, four pomodoros, they call them chunks of time. Mm. And then uh, at the end of it, you take a longer break. Um, and yeah, that's something that uh, for me personally has been really helpful. Um, and there's a ton out there on the internet uh, about it, but it really helps to kind of single task versus multitask. And it holds you accountable for how you're spending your time throughout the day. It's, uh can be very eye opening um, to look back and and see, oh, you know, I felt like I was really busy and getting a ton done and it turns out you know i was just answering emails and whatnot and i didn't do that task um that i had set out for myself at the beginning of the day
0: well yeah i mean i'm, I'm actually just having a look here at the blog on todoist and uh you have a lovely blog post here, uh, why single tasking is your greatest uh, competitive advantage. And what I'll do is I'll actually stick a link to that in the show notes, because I think that covers a bit of what you were talking about there, Becky. We can get people that can have a, a little bit more of an advanced read and all the stuff that you have going on in that. So here's the big thing. Um, Obviously you're creating fantastic content there. And one of the problems that we found through talking to uh, our listeners and our clients and people we've worked with over the years is that once the content is created, this is when things start to suffer, that the promotion side falls away. So, I mean, in terms of the promotion strategy that that you guys employ, how does that look or what way does that work for you?
2: Yeah, so it starts out. Um, we always uh, share multiple times on all of our social networks. Um, that's something that we started doing because um, we used to just publish and share once. Hmm. Uh, and I came across a post. Um, it was actually on the buffer blog, and it was talking about, you know, only what 30 percent of the people who follow you are going to see that one post. Yeah. And so um, now we have a, a republishing schedule where we'll publish on the day of. Um, and then we'll also publish the next day, the next week, the next month. Um, we have different schedules for different social networks. Um, and so, yeah, not being afraid to to republish uh, and re-promote your work. Um, that uh, helps uh, a lot in terms of social shares and, and getting eyeballs on the page. Um, but then beyond that, um, you know, there's no shortcut to building relationships with, uh, with influencers, with, um, you know, people who are, uh, talking about things in your space. Um, and so, uh, I think, you know, a a lot of people have, um, you know, read the kind of email templated, um, you know, outreach posts. And so everybody's kind of going off of the same templates. Um, and you know, that's, it's really easy to ignore when you're someone who's really busy and you've seen the same kind of, uh, you know, templated email, um, every time. And so really, it's nearly uh, like that in the Dear John letter. Right, right, exactly. And so, um, I, I came across a blog post that's actually, uh, on the groove blog, um it's a, a a really great company that does awesome content marketing um and uh you know it, it really talks about uh how do you build an ongoing relationship you're not just reaching out once and uh and saying hey i have this piece of content like would you want to link to it or would you want to share it um you know it's really finding people who are uh who are really interested in your space you know not reaching out to anyone um, you know, having a list of those people and then, um, getting familiar with their look, with their, sorry, their work, um, you know, themselves posting on their uh, blog posts, mm. um, you know, uh, connecting with them on social media, sharing their blog posts, starting a conversation with them that way, um, and having multiple touch points before you reach out and, and ask for something. Um, and then, you know, uh, when you do, you know, send, connect with an email, you know, find a way that you can, uh, can create value for them. And so I really like linking to them first, you know, if there are people who I, I respect their work, I think, um, you know, they do awesome stuff. And so I link to them in a blog post, um, or, you know, have a, a kind of influencer roundup, reach out to them for a quote in, in the post, you know, and that way you're helping them, um, and you're getting on their radar at the same time. Um, and so, yeah, not thinking about it as a one and done kind of thing and not thinking about it as a numbers game um because you know it's really easy to just blanket everyone, you know, with an email.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just got ignored.
2: Right, right. And so thinking more um quality over quantity, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I like that the idea. Theme of our blog.
0: I like the idea of having the the the, the list of influencers. It's something that I um, put that myself and Paul put together for a couple of projects to where we've basically done our market research and who were the top, top influencers within that market. And we've made a list of literally their names, their websites, their Twitter account, their LinkedIn, their Google Plus, if they had one, their Facebook, their Snapchat, their Instagram, everything. And we kind of go through them and see what they're doing and it's kind of a market research point of view but we can also see that what's the acceptable level to the market in terms of the content that's being put out there and how we can as you were saying earlier on it's how we can do it but just do it better and expand upon what they're doing maybe there's some points they haven't quite touched on that we feel need to be addressed so for anyone listening as well who's looking to to kind of content creation ideas but also to uh, to build those relationships go away get yourself up a spreadsheet and pick out the top 25 top 50 if you can find them influencers within your niche and uh, just make just index everything they have from their blog posts to their their social profiles and everything in between you can find
1: Yeah, well, I was amazed with that exercise was. I kind of thought that I was, you know, aware of everybody relevant and and following people (laughs) on the platforms. And all of a sudden, like, there were some who just just weren't on my radar. And and James Shramko was one who, for whatever reason, I'd never actually gotten around to his content and his stuff. And it turned out to be, you know, very enjoyable. So um, that will be surprising because if you actually have to put that information together, I guarantee you don't have it as handy or as easily accessible as you think you do.
2: Oh, Absolutely. And yeah, I love that just reusing the research that you've done. There's uh, so many ways that um, you can benefit from seeing what else is out there. And so, yeah, uh, I I really like that. Always trying to to reuse things in different ways.
0: That's a pet passion of mine. Excuse me as I nearly choke. I, um, yeah, I tried to take a, la- a sip of water there nearly, nearly killed me. Um, Yeah, it's a bit of pe- pe- passion of mine, uh, repurposing content. Becky, I'm conscious we're getting on for time, so I don't want to hold on to you for too much longer. But given your... um your college background, as you were saying, wasn't particularly in, in the current market that you're working in, and obviously you learned on the job, so to speak. Is there one major thing that you've learned over the years uh, working with to Todoist and looking after their blog that you wish you knew when you started? I'm going to put you on the spot yeah, now. It, <laughs> nice, nice um,
1: easy question there from Phil. He, <laughs> he tends to do this when people come on the show. Um, right at the end, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, I was going so well, and then you asked that. Um, but yeah, um, that's why I'm here. I ask the difficult questions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I think, uh, the most important thing that I've learned, uh, is that, you know, it's, it's an iterative process. Um, you know, I tend to want to have a really detailed, uh, big picture plan. You know, I, I know exactly where I'm going and here's how I'm going to get there and here's why I'm doing this. Um, and I think, especially in content marketing, uh, you know, things are changing all the time and you don't know how your audience is going to react to something. Um, and you don't know what kind of uh new topics will pop up. And so, uh, I think, you know, letting go of that a little bit and, uh, and allowing yourself to experiment and, you know, you don't have to have your whole, uh, you know, list of 50 influencers and you have to reach out to them all this week, you know, Mm -hmm. you can start out and you can, you can really focus on, you know, five or 10, um, and, and just really focus on those and see what works. And then later on you can add more, um, you know, when it comes to content, you can start off, uh, you know, doing, you know, one post. A week, you know, really in depth, um, and then work up from there. Um, you know, whatever whatever works with your schedule, and um, you know, the important thing is that you're you're trying new things and uh, and learning from them, and always keeping an eye to to your big picture strategy and how you know how it needs to change.
0: Fantastic! There you go, um, Paul. Have you any more questions? That, that's my difficult one out of the way you know what i think that's a great
1: uh, great note to end the show on um and uh i am going to leave it there
0: excellent stuff becky before we let you go and um, where can our audience get a hold of you maybe just to drop you a tweet and say thanks very much for coming onto the show and sharing your wisdom with us today
2: yeah so my twitter handle is bcane mn uh b is in becky yeah Kane. K A N E M N um and yeah i would love to hear from people uh you know who've struggled with the same things or uh yeah have ideas on on how uh how you know content marketing can be done better
0: Excellent. Listen, we'll make sure to have a link to your Twitter and the show notes for people. So if you want to get a hold of Becky's Twitter uh, handle, as she said there, or all today's show notes, you can check out content.academy forward slash episode 23 for those. Becky, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. Uh, Thank you very much. And we'll uh, chat to you again soon.
2: Uh, Thanks so much to the both of you.
0: And that was
1: Becky Kane from Todoist.com. A very, very enjoyable episode. We spoke a lot about productivity. Uh, Some key takeaways, well, I suppose there was four or five that really stood out. One is the the Pomodoro technique, which is spending 25 minutes actually doing whatever your one task is and solely focusing on it and then giving yourself a a nice little five-minute break. Uh, Phil, I I could hear your ears prick up on the podcast when this uh, came up. It was something that was uh, quite interesting to you. Yeah, it's not something I'd
0: heard of before. Um, and definitely, really? I'm so
1: surprised. At that. I know
0: that I'm surprised I hadn't heard of it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's definitely something I'll be I'll be looking into and seeing um, seeing if I can use that in my daily management of tasks and and writing and everything else. And yeah, I think that's something I might trial over the next week or so and see how yeah. it works out. I mean, I generally tend to sit down until completion. And then I'll step away for maybe an hour if I have the time, depending on what's going on. So maybe chunking it down a little bit to quote Mark Lack and uh, do do it in twenty-five minute segments might be a way to kind of take some of that uh, fatigue out of it, even because you know yourself, yeah, well,
1: Paul, look, Camille, you're, you're a burnout merchant if ever there was one. For Let's face it, <laughs> I you am. Will, you will, you just don't stop. So that that might go away to getting you a bit more on par, I suppose you're you've you've something that's something you've learned over the years in fairness
0: it's it's been a while since you've had a burnout anyway so <laughs> i'm i'm <laughs> laughing i'm laughing because our listeners i'm well, i'm laughing because our listeners haven't heard that story maybe one of the days we'll sit down and do a podcast just me and you all about filled burnout
1: yeah yeah and how to avoid burnout so yeah that's yeah. absolutely something we should, should put in play and um, something else which i thought was very nice was you know what's the one thing that's gonna have the biggest impact on your day to day, or what's the one thing that's going to have the biggest impact on the project? picking that maybe more arduous task and taking it on first because it's going to have the most impact, even though it's possibly not what you want to start your day doing or, you know it's', it's eating nice. the frog eat the frog yeah I was I was talking about that
0: I mean I was I was, I was saying about my daughter and her homework and it, it's something we we do Paul and we've spoken about it before and I've kind of labeled it doing the dirt first and it's basically getting that dirty task out of the way as early as possible so the rest of your day is kind of smooth sailing and it's something I've tried to instill in my daughter in terms of her schoolwork is to get the one task that she really doesn't want to do done first and then the rest of it becomes a hell of a lot easier Um, so I'm glad I'm not the only one who has that philosophy
1: well, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I suppose you're you're gonna be getting to the stage where you will be chasing the frogs away from the door now. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> the yeah. Up.
0: yeah, there could be a bad boy's two moment in there, I think. <laughs> oh very good, watch out. But I mean, yeah, there was there was loads of stuff there from Becky. I mean, I like the fact that she recognised that while she could spend longer on, on creating the blog post and the content, that once she kinda hits those main points. Um, that it's okay to publish and even going through those points and one of the big things that I kind of took from it and hopefully our listeners did too is that you know make sure you connect all the dots clearly for your audience and your reader that you don't want them getting confused halfway through an article um, and kind of getting lost and then just clicking off it and not coming back or you kind of waver from the initial point that you were making say in your introduction and you just don't quite get there either quick enough or you just don't connect the dots from a to b clearly enough for everyone to be able to follow
1: yeah and i suppose the final point then is um that i quite liked was you know i would do a lot of research for articles and i'll read articles i'll just save them be it to a one note or whatever i use um, pocket
0: sorry i use pocket yeah, Pocket,
1: yeah, that's another another nice app for doing it. So whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Whatever works for you. Um, but at the same time, when you sit down to write that blog, and I suppose when I do my tech notes, I suppose I'd write for some technology blogs, and I'd be doing that side of things. Um, I very much would be going to, say, industry stats on, you know, cloud computing, different bits and pieces, be it Microsoft, Google, AWS, whatever it is that I'm talking about, I will always kind of point people in the, in the direction of where the statistics came from and then maybe have an opinion on that as such. Uh, And I've noticed that in, I suppose, this um, content marketing space, people don't like to give links to other people, which I think is pretty lousy just to kind of take their ideas and maybe do your own version of it. Um, What you really should be doing is, yes, you might be inspired by somebody or they might say something that's interesting. Take it, link to it, you know, show that to people and then give your spin and your take uh I, yeah well time. i mean it's I very hard it's very more.
0: hard to to kind of give your spin on someone else's content if you don't let your reader see the original you know it's very hard to get two sides of a story when you're only willing to show them one
1: yeah and like you know you never know what kind of relationships and opportunities that will open up and then all of a sudden conversations are happening um and look man you know it could be partnering and developing a product you could be end up in a mastermind group who knows what, what could happen? But
0: Yeah, I mean, again, that was that was something so else we cool. spoke about. Again, creating that list of influencers within your market, within your niche. And, mm, you know, yeah. I, I know you mentioned it in the show as well, that you'll be surprised how many people you'll find that you weren't aware of while you're doing that. So it's a great way of kind of seeing who are the leaders in your market and also keeping an eye on what they're doing from a research point of view, but also reaching out to them and linking back to them and trying to build relationships uh, with these people within your market absolutely
1: um you know that's uh always going to be key um so anything else going on phil 30 day uh, challenge is still going on paul 30 day challenge what's happening in that phil
0: uh, i don't know you tell me man i haven't yeah. got i haven't bothered looking at the numbers after the last podcast you told me i was behind i said i just put the head down keep writing keep producing periscopes and keep doing what i can to uh to try and get back on parity and then eventually overtake you as we get towards the end of the month, but uh, again still enjoying it, not complaining. Yeah,
1: well, uh, you uh, you're doing a good job. You've you've made a resurgent comeback this week. Oh yeah. Um. So I'm I was, I was just looking at some stats there. Ten Periscope tips that that blog post was very very popular. Um. Also, your auto, your if this, then that, automated Twitter post, instant articles post, as well for Facebook. They, the three of them, have been proved very, very popular, and I know one of those was one from a couple of weeks ago. So it's, I think, it's only finding its audience now, which is is interesting. Well, there you go. There's
0: a tip for people straight yeah. out the gate. Just because you hit publish and within a week or so, you're not seeing traction. Give it some time. Let it, let it, let it, uh, let it uh, kind of mature. And yeah. it, you may find you may find an audience for it as you go along, but also don't stop promoting it because I've been promoting the hell out of them. Yeah, and I think it's
1: it's starting to starting to pay dividends. You know, um, I've missed a couple of days. I haven't published in a couple of days. I, tisk tisk tisk. I know, I know. It's, uh, it's 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 that's always the way, isn't it? You know, you have these great intentions, and then something else gets in the way. Hey, life happens. What um, life does happen. But in fairness, I I was traveling a lot last week. So you were. I kind of knew that was going to be a challenge. Um, however, I should have dealt with it better because I do challenge. I do travel quite often um but in saying that it's now it's it's within the margin of error as as uh the politicians would say as to which way it's going to go <laughs> lovely <laughs> stuff. 10 percent in it so uh yeah yeah good elf good fight back this week phil
0: fell well done on that happy and, days uh, i suppose yeah. for anyone who wants to check out of course what we're doing you can head over to content.academy forward slash blog and you'll see all those articles paul's reference plus a whole lot more of the content that we've been producing during our 30 day challenge and uh, for anyone who wants to get the show notes on today's show as i said at the end of the interview you can head over to content.academy forward slash episode 22 oh sorry episode 23 for all of the show notes with becky today but uh, paul let's wrap it up there we're getting on for time and uh, until next time folks have a great day a great week and we'll chat to you again soon
1: Yes, yes, and have an iterative life.